So what do you think of last week's show there? I mean, you weren't a, you were, you were a participant. I did not a get a chance to, to listen to it. No <laughs> way. No, I was super busy, and I mostly slept on the airplane uh, to and from here. So. You didn't need to hear yeah. us sing, Jaime. We were singing for you. What were we Oh, yeah, that's we right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the queue. Down in the West Texas town of El Paso, <laughs> I fell in love with a Mexican girl. Welcome to Spotcast. This is episode 18. My name is Tim Mitchell and I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Jonathan Kuline from Mississauga, Ontario. Ontario. Hello there. All right. Or Mr. and Mississauga, as we affectionately refer to it. Um, all right. So we got some fact check from last week, John. You want to take it away? Yep. So 30 minutes in, uh, we talked about uh, River Song, the doctor's wife from Doctor Who, uh, daughter of his former companions, Amy and Rory. Uh, apparently, uh, you were right. She regenerated not once, but twice. Um, mm-hmm. I must admit, I completely lost track of that whole storyline. So good for you for remembering that one. Well, I actually went to YouTube and Googled it and found it on YouTube. All right. All right. But I don't she didn't regenerate in the same episode twice, did she? Mm, oh, geez. Now you're losing me again. Off, right? Here we go again. Um, yeah, I remembered after I caught the note that you had put up that I remember the episode where she's in the past and she was there. She was with the Nazis yeah. and the, yeah, she, she regenerated. And then she gave up her regenerations to help save the doctor. And oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, it, yeah, because the one episode is the one where she one time she regenerates into the uh, Alex Kingston car- or person yes, that we know yeah, of, right? Yeah, yeah. She starts as the as the younger character and then she becomes the the character we know and yeah 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 as ever so okay uh 3158 mark gaddis is the actor who played the world war one captain in the doctor who christmas special we were fishing oh, around for his yeah. name he's also the actor yeah. who plays mycroft holmes on bbc's sherlock and of course, i believe he's the writer of mike of sherlock he holmes, is isn't? one of the writers of the sherlock show absolutely uh, is that also um a moffat yeah. vehicle yep moffat okay moffat and gaddis that's right and oh is it okay and uh 4043 the good place i mentioned that it's uh, an abc show it's a not it's an nbc show an no. nbc show yes my bad all right and yeah so and then my follow-up or fact check is uh that uh we mentioned the crystal skull um what's this delayed so it was in reference to the uh, delayed sound that oh we had yeah in the star, no, no yeah star wars movie? well yeah yeah you and tammy were talking about the refrigerator which I, I vaguely remembered but i wanted to go back and watch that piece again so I, I i you know again googled it and found it on youtube and watched the clip and i noticed that yes he he the story that we were talking about was the fact that he hides himself inside a lead-lined um, refrigerator and survives a nuclear blast after being thrown like several miles away. Um, which, of course, you know, anybody who follows that stuff would know that anybody who was within vicinity of a nuclear blast, got, you know, got radiation poisoning and, and eventually died, uh, which is what happened in the tragedy of Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki, right? But um, the Crystal Skull, there is also that same effect that that people were complaining about in The Last Jedi, where, you know, there was a, there was a flash. And then, so in this case, here's a flash. And then you see, uh, so, and there's no sound. And then you see um, the nearby buildings start to blow apart. And of course you hear the sound. And then you hear the nuclear, the sound of the blast. So they obviously did the same sort of time delayed thing where, you know, based on the speed of light and the speed of sound, which is the whole thing I was talking about with thunder and lightning 
without getting into detail, the reason why you see the lightning and then you hear the, the thunder later is the dif- difference in speed between speed of sound and speed of light, right? And um, so, so the big question that people have been saying and a lot of fan theories about the um, why Indiana in, Indiana, jo- Indiana Jones survives this um, this you know flight with the with the uh, refrigerator is that he apparently drank from the Holy Grail at one point. So apparently they think that he's got some Holy Grail mojo in him or That's something. It's a lovely notion, but wouldn't that just prevent him from getting old and not liquefying if he was say thrown a couple of miles in a fr- refrigerator into the air and into the ground? Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe it's here. Maybe it's because it's Harrison Ford. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's just as good an explanation to me. I mean, it's not as if the um the guy guarding Holy Grail in the Last Crusade, you know, elaborated all the benefits you would get from it. Oh yeah. Well, he was still alive, but he was a very old man, so I guess they could that's what they can guarantee they can make Indiana Jones uh, Indiana Jones 6, 7, 8 and 9. Yeah, yeah, but how are they going to stop Harrison Ford from aging? I guess they'll do a CGI. Yeah, well, they'll just say he was aging really slowly because of his uh his drink up from the cup of the Holy Grail. That's true, true. Or they could just get into circus to play him yeah all right so uh, and so on the follow-up i had uh mentioned that peter cushing played the doctor twice in a couple of movies but and then i found a list of actors who have played the doctor on wikipedia and it's quite extensive there's like a gazillion of them too many to name here we'll put a link in the show notes you can go have a look at it but um because there were the 12 doctors that we know of or sorry the 13th doctor is now uh, is now jody whitaker um these are the doctors everybody kind of knows of as the doctors but then there were a, a whole number that played them in you know, books and in, uh, I guess, other kind of dramas, documentaries, and that kind of stuff as well. And then there's a whole pile of them that were done outside of the actual show itself, right? So playing the Doctor in, in various various other productions. So, you know, like I said, there's got to be 30, 40, maybe even 50 names on this list list. So I, I, I will leave it to the, the faithful listeners to go and have a look for themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny when you look at it, you, you re- don't realize how much content they've generated, especially, you know, all the radio shows and all these yeah. other places that you you don't think about but uh, yeah it's it's a pretty prodigious character for 50 years of content well yeah yeah it's, ex- it's as extensive as say a star star trek would be you know so yeah uh, film theater audio webcasts i'm sure podcasts are coming you just wait yeah you know yeah everybody's doing a podcast now i don't know if you notice get on board for doctor who cast coming up next on... doctor who cast yes yes the tardis we'll call it um all right uh i found an article here on um just a, kind of an interesting thing it was in wired magazine of all places or at least, at least on their website about uh, don't give up on the Orville too quickly I guess uh, and, and they're sort of saying that I guess they're kind of agreeing with Seth MacFarlane's um, idea that he sort of is filling the gap that the uh, original Star Trek uh, followed because they compared some of the storylines in um, in the Orville as being you know similar to the kind that you find in the next generation I don't know what you guys think about that opinion it's a, it's a different show for sure than where they're going with Star Trek both in the movies yeah. and on, on TV so I don't know if you can say that it was a void, but it certainly is obviously very derivative of, of what Star Trek left is that sort of vision of a hopeful future. Um, again, I think I think we all agree that we like that aspect of the show, that it is that it is nice to sort of be in that place. I think what we might be picking at the nits for or the Orville is more about the fact that it is very derivative and that they aren't really taking it to those um, stronger, interesting new places. I think it fills in a gap if you, you know, if you're the kind of person who just enjoys watching Star Trek The Next Generation episodes over <laughs> and over again on, on Netflix. And even if you're, you know, watching from episode one until however many episodes they had, uh, it's all the way through the end of season seven. Um, if you're looking for something that's at least newer than that, I mean, the Orville certainly fills that, even in its uh, derivative sort of way. It's it's 
steal like oh i haven't seen this episode right you know, mm. it might remind you of, of, of tons of other ones but it's uh, it's literally new as opposed to uh, not new at all that you would get out of uh that three runs yeah and just i was going to say sidebar here on the on the link that i just looked at on um on don't give up on the orville too quickly um wired for some reason has thrown up a, a blocker in front of my page here to say you know either complaining about the fact that ad blockers are making them call it losing lose revenue and they want me to pay a dollar a month a dollar a week to see an ad free version of the wired which means that i should just close the window right yeah okay problem solved <laughs> all right um back to the show yes so um jonathan you got a couple of things here yeah a couple of good uh, little sci-fi tidbits this week so um we had news uh late last week jillian anderson confirmed that uh as far as she's concerned after this uh forthcoming short run season of the x-files that she's uh finished she's mm-hmm. she had originally planned to just come back for last year's uh sort of uh, but they do eight episodes i think it was uh, like that, yeah. so they came she came back to do that she was agreed to come back and do this season as well but she said you know as far as i'm concerned i'm done so mm-hmm. that was kind of a you know some people were caught off guard by that even though she said like i don't know why this is a surprise i said that wasn't my intention to keep doing this forever and now right. today we have news that chris carter uh the creator as well has said hmm. you know as far as i'm concerned if jillian's not coming back i don't want to do this anymore either because uh he said and i quote for me the x-files is Mulder and scully i think if it was without scully i wouldn't do it that's not my x-files so right. we could be looking that's at california the, the, the right? last run of uh of x-files coming up starting this week so uh yeah it's it's kind of sort of bittersweet but you know we, we mm-hmm. get a little bit more and uh there's also a little bit of discussion as to what how they're going to leave things if they know that uh, jillian anderson isn't coming back are they going to you know come to a conclusion with that character so it'll be interesting to follow along and see what happens well they must have already filmed everything already they have but it'll be interesting to see if they you know if they give her a resolution that writes her out or you know kills her right. off or you know where they decide to take that uh, story with her because they know she's not intending to maybe at the end she goes i believe that's it that's it <laughs> you were right the end <laughs> i believe yeah um All right another bit of news today uh netflix announced that they are going to go forward with bright two uh movie that uh, apparently has done well enough for them to, to greenlight another one that cost them 90 million bucks to make uh and apparently has gotten some good traffic for them we mentioned last week uh, i think that it got uh, 11 million uh tv views within a few days so that's good for them uh, although the critics have been pretty uh, giving it a pretty good go around um i i gave it a watch uh my my eldest son and i my 14 year old and i watched it and uh and we enjoyed it i think there was some good ideas in there it wasn't terrifically executed at times but there was there was enough of a universe there that i would i would definitely tune back in just to see where else they can go with that world um so you know i, I think it's good news that that's coming back and uh, hopefully they'll have learned some lessons although the story is that they are bringing everybody back to reprise their roles and except except max landis uh, Max Landis will not be coming back who wrote and created this uh, because he is, well, I don't know if it's because of this. In Also, in another unrelated story, Max Landis is facing sexual assault allegations. Okay. Oh, man, I hadn't heard about that one, but I kind of wasn't surprised when you said, oh, he's not coming back. He's like, oh, I can guess why. That seems to be pretty common these days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that's, they announced that's it, terrible. that everybody's coming back. Uh, David Ayer's coming back as the director. He's going to write that, so he wrote Suicide Squad, so take from that what you will. Um, mm. And 
then Will Smith and uh, Joel Edgerton is gonna are gonna come back and reprise their roles. So it's again, uh, I'll be interested to go back to that world and see where they go from here. Um, yeah. Uh, again, obviously, uh, moving forward without Max Landis, we'll see where that story goes. But uh, but good news there, I think. It was, yeah. I gotta say, I mean, like I really did enjoy it, but I, I think that Will Smith can, tends to fall into a sort of character or, or type of character that in that kind of environment that you know I think he could probably do better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was playing yeah. the Danny Glover role uh, from, uh, yeah. from Lethal yeah. Weapon, yeah. which I thought was does it. You know, everything comes around full circle eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I you had say something there, honey? opportunity right. to watch that movie, and I I did think it was very watchable, and I think it begins and even gets to like the midpoint, um, doing pretty well, and then the second half of it just didn't fit well for me. No, um, oh, yeah. no. I feel like it ends uh, in a very uh, Will Smith kind of way, or at least yeah. you know fairly recent Will uh, Will Smith films. Um, <laughs> but I think it's still enjoyable, right? Like I'm like, oh okay, uh, I, I kind of liked uh, Jacoby. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, Drax from yeah. um, Guardians of the Galaxy, and so I think the interaction between them was pretty good and the the world setting up that they did was pretty good and then they just didn't fill in enough that hopefully they can take that criticism and, and fix that for bright too yeah yeah what did you guys make of the uh you know I, I having watched it now i can completely understand why uh we had some blowback last week chance the rapper came out and sort of mm-hmm. criticized the very thinly veiled allegory of race relations and um you know did, what do you guys take from that uh that kind of ham-fisted race race relations part of that film well i mean it was very i mean that that i've never been to la but like you know you kind of get the impression that that's what it's like in compton and places like that like in terms of that's the sort of way it's portrayed on tv and in movies i should say say it better right hmm. um but they're just using the speciesism as you i think you called it last week mm-hmm. um as as a sort of way of getting around that you know much like i watched the i you know didn't realize i hadn't watched first class yet but um that was on tv the other day and i was watching that and that that sort of whole arc about the mutants being you know put upon because they're mutants right and yeah. uh in the same sense you know either as uh, sexual preference or, or you know class or yep. you know race and, or, and that's yeah. what it's always have been meant to have been an allegory for which is you know yeah. but sometimes it's handed a little more deftly than others yeah yeah i mean <laughs> to take a kind of a counterpoint wouldn't it isn't it an uplifting film that humanity has found a way to look beyond simple things like the color <laughs> of your skin like there's there's one cop who like clearly in, in a normal like lethal weapon style movie he'd be the insanely racist cop right uh-huh. yeah uh, but he's yeah. not racist here right he doesn't care like he seems like he would love having will smith as his partner he doesn't mind that he's a black dude he just doesn't like orcs <laughs> yeah so right so so it's it's the whole theory of uh, of the watchman right if we have something to unite against we'll stop fighting each other yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah nice. and our last I, mean, I definitely agree to, uh, ham-fisted but um yeah it still had a little bit of uh, of charm i don't know maybe because you know the the ha- kind of ham-fisted as we've talked about for original star trek series stuff um where they were like knocking you over the head with oh see <laughs> we're making an allegory here but you still enjoy it right yeah well will didn't, smith didn't make out with an orc woman yet so there's there's cross for <laughs> is that for possible two. is that possible in this universe i know it's possible in star trek but you know uh, just wait for it there'll be there'll be something mm. i was surprised we didn't see an orc dancing at the uh strip club they go to at one point right right yeah yeah yeah, yeah they did show orc women which sort of answered one question but they didn't they didn't have one on the stage yeah apparently poyo has a opinion i was gonna say does poyo not like bright 
Yeah, sorry, he decided or, to go or, off because there orcs. was a, like a motorcycle who went by. <laughs> he doesn't like ham-fisted allegories. <laughs> right, right. So, hey, explain to me. So, I haven't seen Cloverfield, but so Cloverfield was the movie from 2000. I'm looking on IMDb here. Yeah. 2008 and then Clover, 10 Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane. Is it the same franchise or? It, it was a semi-sequel. Um, okay. it, it was sort of tied loosely into that same universe um but they yeah you got to sort of take i remember from the trailers it's kind of vague you don't really ever see anything happening is that the movie yeah that's cloverfield that's the one in new york so it's all sort of shot on on uh you know hand cam video monsters are attacking kaiju are attacking new york and you're supposed to sort of get the ground view of what that would be like when that's happening Uh, um and then the second one was sort of uh you know um yeah where you know people are in an underground bunker and there's a whole sort of story around that um cool so anyways uh, yeah, so that that segues into your next segues one. into cloverfield that? 3 so um they have been in, sort of teasing this for a little while that that cloverfield 3 is coming um and it's affectionately known as the untitled cloverfield sequel um uh-huh. and it had previously been called the god particle uh apparently now it was supposed to come out in february now it's been pushed back uh it's supposed to come back sorry come out last february then it was pushed back to October. Then it was pushed to February of this year. Now, apparently, it's been pushed back to April of this year. Uh, and they're still not sure what the title of the film is going to be. So all that to say, eventually, there's going to be a Cloverfield 3. Uh, at yeah. this point, it's slated for April, but I would not suggest buying tickets anytime soon. Hmm. Interesting. And that's it for right. the uh, FU this week. Cool. All right. You put this up a couple of weeks ago, Jonathan, the 2018 movies that are coming soon, and there's a, quite a number of them, so let's, let's go through them. So made a list of the uh, 2018 movies, just sort of within that genre spectrum. So sci-fi, mm-hmm. fantasy, horror, um, uh, you know, I threw in a couple of, you know, just nice digestible movies like Ocean's 8 and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was a surprise to me that the number came to 29. So right. I ended up with 29 movies that are on that sort of list, including, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, all these different uh, genre pictures. So I thought it'd be a fun exercise for for us to go through and figure out, you know, what we consider a must-see movie, what's something you might just pick up when it comes out on digital or Blu-ray, what, what you'd watch on Netflix and what you just do not care about. Sure. So okay. I'll run yeah. down the list and maybe you guys can give me a, a thought and I'll, I'll throw my two cents in here and there and we'll, we'll go through the list and see what we think uh, are the must-movies for 2018. So the first movie up this year is uh, Maze Runner, The Death Cure. That's the third and final part of the Maze Runner trilogy, which was delayed after the lead actor was uh, severely injured in filming uh, two years ago. Oh, it's, really? It's been a long time uh, simmering in the background to finish up this picture. It's coming out January 26th, first yeah. genre picture of the year. I enjoyed the first two, so it's on my yeah. radar as something I'd like to watch, although I'm not convinced I'll go see it in the theater. Yeah, no, I haven't I haven't seen the second one. In fact, it's on tonight, and I just I managed to just uh, set the PVR up for it so I can watch it later tomorrow, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think for me, I saw it on Netflix. I think it's, it's for me, it's a Netflix movie or, or an airplane movie, for sure. Yeah, Very similar. I enjoyed the first one enough to be kind of interested but find it very similar to um the divergent series um mm-hmm. so I, I think I'll, I'll eventually get around to it and see it but i'm not gonna go see it in theater because it just didn't resonate with me that much yeah sure yeah i had uh, cloverfield 2017 down here on the list is february 2nd we now know that that is bunkum it's not coming then but uh sure yeah. where does Clo- 
Cloverfield right on the list for you guys. For me, it's, I haven't watched any of them yet. So yeah, for me, it's have. a pass. I'm not. I'm not. You know, maybe a Netflix watch down the road. Yeah, at some point in the future, because I've only seen Cloverfield and I never saw Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, uh, our first huge movie of the year is Black Panther, February 16th. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, yeah. the setup for the new uh, Avengers movie and the last movie before uh, the big uh, Infinity War begins. Uh, where mm-hmm. do you guys see that one? For me, it's a definite must see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not familiar with the character, so I, I probably will probably will see it. Probably go with you, I guess. I don't know, but uh, and, and I not really any desire to go see it, other than the fact that it's got to fit into the sort of storylines for the other movies, right? Yep. Yeah, for me, it also gets bonus points for being a lead up to the just a couple months later uh, Avengers movie, and um, I wasn't also not very familiar with the character, but I liked the portrayal of uh, Black Panther and Wakanda's uh, industry enough in the other movies. That I was like, oh, okay, that seems like it'd be a cool one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, the trailer looks fantastic. I must say, I'm, I'm keen based on that. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I I, I want to see it. I have a background with the character, obviously being a big comic book fan, but uh, but I think you know, in the same way that that the Thor Ragnarok trailers catch my, uh, caught my eye and made me definitely want to tune in, I think that one's definitely got uh, you know got enough going there that I want to see it, even if it wasn't going to set up, which I'm sure it's going to set up some things for Avengers, which we need to, to follow up on. I saw an interesting video on on just before we started recording on I guess on Twitter that uh, a couple of young gentlemen had put together and they were noticing that there was only uh, like there's probably 20 people on the on the, the poster movie poster and only one of them is a white act, white actor. Yeah. So they were like, so this is what it's like for white people all the time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway, and it was Andy Circus, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, carry on. Uh, February 23rd, Annihilation. Annihilation is... Um this one's going to be interesting because there's talk that this one is going to end up on Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the film has been sitting on the shelf for a while. Right. Um, and so it's supposed to start streaming on Netflix 17 days after its film release, mm-hmm. which is a real interesting place to go. Now, this is a big budget flick. Um, it stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, uh, Oscar Isaac. So it's, you know, this is a you know arguably a high you know does it fit into anything like what, what's just i have no idea no frame of reference at all um so it's about uh well this is the summary of plot from our good friends at wikipedia a group of soldiers enter an environmental disaster zone and only one comes back out alive although grievously injured in an attempt to save his life his wife lena a biologist volunteers for a second exposition into the zone to figure out mm. what happened inside so it's you right. know into the void let's you know yeah yeah it's uh that's the movie with the event horizon yeah yeah um <laughs> Now, again, this one, you know, it's got an A-list cast. It's got, you know, big budget. It's got, you know, a lot of things going for it. But it's also, you know, uh, obviously on sort of a weird uh, release in that it's going to come out in theaters. It's got sort of, you know. I have a question for you. So when, so here's one thing I I remember from the days when I used to go to movies all the time was never go see a movie in August and never go see a movie before the Oscars. So where do you, where's the Oscar? When's the Oscars this year? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, Let's see. Annihilation is for. 23rd. I actually think it's might be a couple days after that. Let's just run this through the old Google machine here. The idea being that nobody's interested in movies before the Oscars, or they're not that good. The 89th Academy Awards are March the 4th, 2018. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So take from and that may still, they may not be true anymore, but that was, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you never wanted to be on a, a TV show on a Friday night kind of thing, or yeah. Tuesday night, I guess. I'm not sure what it is. That, that, that doesn't work anymore, because we used to stay home and watch TV on Saturday night, and we never do that anymore. So, so the good news 
news and the bad news is that apparently the Netflix deal is international, it says. United States, that means it's going to be theatrical. It says international. I don't know. Sometimes we get qualified as United States for jurisdiction for box office and things like that. So I don't know if that means mm. we'll get the movie three weeks after it comes out in the theaters or if uh, if we were lumped in with America. But uh, yeah, I am, I think that one's a Netflix, a Netflix watch for me. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a Wrinkle in Time. So this is uh, obviously a very famous book uh, being turned into a movie um, yeah. starring not uh, among others Oprah Winfrey and uh, yeah. Mindy Kaling um, very popular story um, that has been in development for a very long time um, done by uh, Disney those, those okay. Disney fellows yes um, I don't know I, I must say I'm not I, it was never a book that it was a big influence for me or anything I'm, I don't really have have you read the book or no 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 yeah so I'm thinking I, need, I want to read the book this is making me want to read the book as opposed to go see the movie so I don't know definitely won't go to the theater for it yeah I think I'll see how the press goes because I was cognizant of the fact that this story exists um, I've never actually read the book um, yeah. people cheered in the audience when I was watching the trailer before The Last Jedi <laughs> yeah. so I'm like oh uh, the movie trailer itself didn't really do a lot for me but if I hear good things I might go see it otherwise I think there'll be a Netflix watch yep. yeah, yeah. yeah I mean again A-list cast it's got you know Oprah Winfrey Mindy Kaling Reese Witherspoon Zach Galifianakis Chris Pine is directed by Ava DuVernay so I mean it's got yep. you know some pretty huge bona fides so uh, I'm curious I must I admit I think I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat as you Jaime I think that one's on the radar and if it just gets enough buzz maybe I'll I'll, I'll venture forth for that one mm-hmm. uh, the rebirth of the Tomb Raider Tomb Raider March 16th mm-hmm. um, and this is a, a relaunch a reboot of this universe I must say I wasn't really um, a huge fan of the original Angelina Jolie films um, yeah. and I am a casual fan of the games not not a, a diehard yeah. um, but I, I really enjoyed the trailer uh, uh, Alicia Vikander is playing Lara Croft this time and it seems yeah. like they're doing the uh, the rise of the Tomb Raiders sort of uh, origin story yeah, it's the, yeah it's, I think it's the one before the, the last one I mean a lot of the scenes that you see in the movie I mean the way the trailer sort of ends is how the game begins in the, the game before Legends of Tomb Raider I think it was called I'm not, or I may have got that name wrong too more fact check for Jonathan but I, I'm a Tomb Raider fan I've been since I saw you two back in Vancouver in 1998 I think is the first time I ever saw Tomb Raider uh, or Laura Croft I should say and um, yeah I've been playing the game ever since right so um, again I wasn't super thrilled with the Angelina Jolie versions I did see both of those in the theater so I'll probably see this one in the theater for sure yeah, yeah. how about you Jaime I think I'll also wait to see what sort of the critical Buzzes. and fan reaction is I won't be there on day one it feels like it could almost be a C in theater but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards yeah. Netflix unless I see really good press about it yeah. yeah I think I might be on a plane around that time too so I might, might wait and see if it's gonna be on Air Canada or <laughs> you know United or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, March 23rd Pacific Rim Uprising now I, I have a feeling I know where Jaime is going with this one yeah yeah that's a must well, see in the you theater know, like it's way better in the theater it's a popcorn movie go enjoy your popcorn yeah uh, go relax Put after a hard day at it. work and just watch stuff get blown up robots versus yeah. gaiju yeah no I I, I I will be honest I did try and watch Pacific Rim was on TV the other day and I made it halfway through again so <laughs> well hopefully they put it back in theaters so that way you can have like a little marathon like, holy <laughs> smokes this is way better yeah I, yeah I will say I, I watched it originally in 3d it was uh it works better as a 3d movie it, it, yeah it looks like one of those kind of things yeah yeah it's got that kind of great you know bang boom pow you know things flying at you kind of uh a sci-fi thing going on it's really 3d yeah, ironically i used to watch job on. ironically I used to watch ultraman back in the day and and i don't know why I don't, this doesn't turn me on mothra versus godzilla and all that 
kind of stuff. So yeah, same sort of idea, but you know, it just just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I, I think uh, I I don't think I would have a tough time convincing my 14 year old to go see that one with me. So I think that that's, no. that might be a theater movie for me. Cool. Uh, Isle of Dogs. This is the new Wes Anderson uh, animated picture in the same vein as uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So it's about a boy who loses his dog, uh, goes to this uh, sort of trash island where the dogs there try and help him uh, find his lost best friend. Okay. Uh, um, the trailer looks amazing. I'm a huge Wes Anderson <laughs> fan. I'm totally going to go see this movie. Uh, and I, I might even get a date night out of this one because my wife loves Wes Anderson too. So Right. But it's an animated movie. It's it's in that same sort of, sort of uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas-y kind of stop motion. Um, oh, okay. Claymation kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, it's not quite claymation, but it's it's sort of that, you know, um, motion, stop motion puppeteering and stuff like that. It's, it, it, if you, I don't know if you saw Fantastic Mr. Fox, but it looks very much like that. That's actually you a know, really good point because that, that was a movie that I enjoyed and I was thinking this might be in a very similar vein. So I might go see this one in theater also as a date night movie oh, yeah. for the same oh. reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck to you both. <laughs> uh, Next one. March 30th, Ready Player One. So this, again, yeah. this might be our first, you know, Black Panther has a good case for it, but this might be our first big blockbuster of the year. Yeah, so here's my problem with Ready Player One is it was such a phenomenal book um, in a lot of ways, right? Um, it was it was a bit sort of junior, um, like teen, I don't know what you call teen literature kind yeah, of Yeah, young style, adults, yeah. Yep. Young adult, that's what I was looking for. Yep. Um, I, just, I, I just worry they're going to mess it up. Yeah, it's Steven Spielberg. Yeah, but but I like Steven Spielberg movies, um, but I'm thinking like AI. AI. I really love the idea of AI, but and it was really well done, but you know, it kind of, people didn't like it. And you know, it's, you know, they, you know, they got, they kind of got it, but they didn't get it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, the trailer so, looks so. like a lot of fun and it looks like they, they did use a lot of the licenses they had at their disposal. Sure. I, obviously yeah. it's not going to be a carbon copy because, you know, it was written with a very specific, you know, sort of way and it, it would not translate perfectly to a film. So obviously they're going to take it some different directions. Yeah. Um, but you know, some of the mishmash they've got in there with, you know, Freddy Krueger and the iron giant and, yeah, DeLorean yeah. from Back to the Future and all these little tastes, you know, with the Rush soundtrack, the Pokemon, and, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It looks like it could be a lot of fun. I, I think uh, again, that that's definitely a movie in, in the theater for me. Yeah, again, it would be neat to see that from the perspective of someone who hasn't read the book too, which I'm not. You know, have you read the book, Jaime? I've not, and I think Ooh. I'm not going to be there on day one. Um, I, again, very similar to A Wrinkle in Time. We're like, well, I'm familiar with the existence of the book, um, and I was pretty jazzed when I saw the first movie trailer and then i saw the second yeah. movie trailer and i was like oh that was a very terrible job of this movie trailer it made me not want to go see this movie <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I, I might see you know after the first weekend of like all right what, what do people think and then decide from there what i want to do yeah yeah, yeah. it starts it's a typical movie of this type type it start or sorry book story of this type it starts off very very basic and kind of builds up and builds up and builds up and then you know then all of a sudden it gets really good and you can't put it down kind of thing yeah and, 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 uh, the audiobook version if you're if strapped for time, Jaime yeah. is great. It's read by uh, Wesley Crusher, which is awesome. Um, Wheaton, yeah. yeah, so that's that. That really, I think, it made me enjoy the experience. I, I listened to it on my commute and really yeah. enjoyed that uh, that performance that he put in on that as well. Yeah, the first thing I thought was when when the trailers came out, it was why isn't it narrated by Will Wheaton? Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, he's got to have a cameo. Like, I really, I think yeah, that's yeah. that's the cherry on top of this. You're, you're the spoilers, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, April thirteenth, the New Mutants. So this is a Fox picture. This is uh, set in the X Men universe, and uh, it looks an awful lot like a horror movie. So uh, we're looking mm. at a in the same way that Thor Ragnarok was a comedy in the superhero vein. Looks this looks like it might be a mutant superhero horror flick. Um, and I I'm not a huge horror buff, but the trailer I found intriguing. Yeah, no idea. I haven't seen. That. Maybe oh. I should watch trailer. Yeah. So what you've described there is very interesting to me because I'm, I'm familiar with the property uh, having uh, read some, some New Mutants comics and transitioning that into X-Force. Um, I'm guessing this comes out of the same sort of vein as uh, like X-Men, X-Men First Class sort of uh, style of movie making uh, having not seen the trailer. Um, yeah, it, But a horror film though, it, which is, is not something looks, I would... It looks much more like it looks like more like Get Out than it does like First Class. Like it, yeah. It's got some really dark undertones to it. It looks more like uh, the Legion TV show than it does like the X-Men movies. Um, very, very much more grounded, very much more sort of dark and real. Um, again, pretty good cast list. They've, you know, they look like they're going somewhere with this in the same way that, you know, Deadpool went somewhere, that Logan went somewhere. It seems like their Fox X-Men world is kind of pushing out into these interesting places. Hmm, right. interesting. I'll have to check the trailer because I, I thought the, the characters were kind of on the goofier side. So seeing the that source property be turned into more of a horror one is definitely going to be an interesting one. I think it's more patterned after the uh, New Mutants, the sort of uh, second to third year run of New Mutants, which would have been um, the sort of Bill Sienkiewicz, really sort of dark and moody. He had a whole run in there that was about a dozen issues that was really, um, it was very atmospheric. It was very different from the sort of, you know, X-Men-y kind of yellow and gold or yellow, golden, black uniforms and silliness. It was, it was much more, um, it was it was almost like a horror comic back in the day i read it when i was like you know 12 or 13 hmm. so yeah I'm, I'm keen to see where they take this again i'm not sure that i'm a day one on that one but i i think that will be on my radar as you know if the buzz is good i might i might take the leap on that one um or at the very least i'll probably pick it up on digital when it's available uh april 20th we have rampage rampage is based on the video game from the 1980s one of my all-time oh, favorites right. uh where we have a giant wolf a giant lizard and a giant ape running amok in a city trying to knock down the building and chaos. This one happens to star uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson because, of course, it stars Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, again, had wasn't really on my radar, but the trailer looks actually kind of fun. So uh, hmm. I, I don't know that that's a theater movie for me. Although I bet you, just like Pacific Rim, it blows up real good. Um, yep. I, that one's probably a Netflix watch for me. Okay, yeah, it's probably borderline Passed. for me um, <laughs> it, because I, I find so many of the Rock's movies are they're definitely watchable, and for me, they end up being unplanned movie outings. I'm like, oh, I kind of feel like going to a movie. What's oh you go something with the rock like i kind of know what i'm getting into here <laughs> yeah and i enjoyed um jumanji welcome to the jungle uh surprisingly so uh, surprising even to myself so i i'll give this one uh bonus points for that yeah. uh avengers infinity war may 4th yeah, yeah no doubt yeah yeah that's a definitely see in theater uh and three weeks later may 25th solo a star wars story mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely a see in theater that's the one about um, the red cup right sorry that's the one about the red cup yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> i just got <laughs> i i must admit um i'm i'm actually gonna take a wait and see on that one really yeah what somebody's got to put their foot down at some point oh come on you know Wait, is this a principled stand against having um multiple star wars movies he's a hands, han solo fan i must admit I, I am a han solo fan and obviously that is very close to my 
uh, heart. But I, I gotta be honest. I'm not, you know, like maybe it's going to be fantastic. I like Ron Howard. He's made lots of movies that I've loved. Um, yeah. you know, I like some of the people in the cast. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not excited about this movie. Maybe they just, I haven't seen a trailer. Maybe the trailer will get me excited. I, mm. I just, I'm not feeling excited about an origin story for Han Solo. I, I gotta admit, I kind of don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, I wasn't like Rogue One sounded abstractly like it wasn't going to be a great thing and it was great. So maybe this will be great, but I just don't feel like there's a void in my, if they had said they were doing Boba Fett, if they said they were doing, I don't know what, something else. Han Solo was, you know, yeah, he's a swashbuckler and scoundrel and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure they could take it to interesting places, but you know, do I need to see when Lando mate met Han Solo? Do I need to see no. when he meets Chewbacca? Like they're just going to hit you on all those spots. And I don't know. I feel like, you know, I mean, I'm a sucker for it. I'm in for all these Star Wars movies, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm not jazzed yet. I, it, it's going to take something to make me want to go, you know, I will probably see it eventually, but I don't know that I'm going to make the commitment to going day one unless, unless I see a trailer that wows me, unless something gets underneath this that gets me going. Yeah. Uh, June 1st, Deadpool 2. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a slam dunk. I love that movie. I just rewatched it this, uh, over the holidays uh, with my wife for the first time. She actually brought me a stack of movies, including that and Wonder Woman and said, I want to watch one of these movies that you like. Really? And oh, okay. so we watched Deadpool and she loved it. So I might even get a date out of that one too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Oceans 8, January 8th. Um, I'm intrigued. I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I'll go to the theater though for that one. I love a heist movie. I, I, yeah, I like heist. I love heist movies for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I might know. wait for this one. Um, I mean, I enjoyed the other uh, Oceans 11 uh, series films and then, you know, kind of the, the original um, Rat Pack versions. Um, it's one of those ones that I, I feel like I don't have to see it in theater because it doesn't really gain as much um, sort of the difference between seeing it at home on my, you know, big screen TV versus seeing it in the theater yeah, as true. opposed to like something like Pacific Rim that like, as Tim found out, clearly misses something in the translation to the, the small screen. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, again, am- amazing cast looks very watchable. You know, Rihanna, Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne, H- Anne Hathaway, Helena Bonham Carter, Mindy Kaling, Sarah Paulson, uh, Katie Holmes. Um, you know, it, the list just keeps going. Like it, it just looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Incredibles 2, June 15th. Yeah, I don't know. I, has it been too long since the original Incredibles came out? Well, it, apparently it picks up right where the last one left off. Yeah, still, I don't know. I, I really like the, the arch enemy in, in The Incredibles, the original one. Yep. I like the story a lot too, but, you know, well, I don't know. Brad Bird said he wouldn't make this movie until he had something worth saying. And the mm-hmm. fact that he took his time and didn't just rush into making a sequel for sequel's sake, that he wanted to wait until he had the right thing to say and now he's ready makes me mm-hmm. intrigued. I, I think it's a movie movie theater movie for me. Right. It's borderline for me and I give it a little bit more benefit because of having enjoyed the original movie and having recently seen Cars 3 and being blown away how the, the same character designs look so much better given the, the graphical work that they've done in the intervening years uh, between the original Cars 1 and, and Cars 3 um, and even noticing and sort of geeking out on some of the areas where it's like, oh, look, like the animators were having fun showing off this new cool thing that they were able to do. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that works a lot better in a theater on the big screen than it does uh, at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, June 22nd. I think this I'll one's getting wait. my movie theater money. Uh, not quite to 
the extreme sort of reasons for a specific rim, but I also think it probably works better in theater, uh, even though I probably will still enjoy it, even though I watched it at home. Yeah, I think that... Yeah, I think the 3D experience might be worthwhile seeing that one, but yeah. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't see Jurassic World in the theater. I waited for the Blu-ray on that one, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, so I, I'm, I'm on the bubble on that one, whether it's a theater or a Blu-ray one for me. Did you get the 3D version Blu-ray? Yeah. Oh, and you've watched it in 3D? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm. yeah, when they're available, I tend to get the 3D because, you know, so many of these pictures are done with that in mind, especially those ones that are very CGI heavy. They do take advantage mm-hmm. of that using that technology. So sometimes it can be really a, a benefit. Sometimes it's a waste of time or money. But in that case, J- Jurassic World was actually a really good 3D picture. Right. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, July 6th. This is the first post-Avengers Marvel movie and third of the year. Yeah, I still have to watch Ant-Man. I haven't watched that yet. I enjoyed the original one and I saw. I did not see that one in theater. I saw that one on like a DVD rental, I think. And I feel like it didn't really lose as much as kind of um, like the original Deadpool. It's a little bit lower budget than some of the other Marvel um, Marvel character movies. And so I think it won't lose as much in the translation. It's a little bit more of a, a more of a comedy style movie than it is a uh, huge epic sort of film like the Avengers. Yeah, well, that one was kind of a heist movie too, right? That was, you know, mm-hmm. the, the break and enter, get the guy to go in and be the miniature burglar and stuff. That was, you know, I thought that was a very enjoyable, the first one was enjoyable. I, again, I think that one's probably on my radar to watch in the theater. Uh, Alita Battle Angel. Uh, I have no idea what that is. Again, popular anime uh, franchise. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I think we saw the trailer prior to one of the movies we watched recently. It was either Maybe, Justice yeah. League or Star Wars. They showed the trailer beforehand. I think it was Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And again, looks like it blows up real good. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure. I, I definitely want to see more of that. I, I enjoyed the trailer, but I thought that one's on my radar for sure. I'm going to give this one um, Battle Angel Alita as it works in my head. Um, I'm going to give this one a hard pass just because I couldn't get beyond the art design given that it's like I, I would I would have found the art design you know not a problem if it was a completely animated film but from what I saw in the trailer between the way that she looks and the way that the rest of the world looks as sort of normal live action people just I found it really sort of off-putting and I, uh, you know maybe I'll, I'll feel differently when I hear you know otherwise from you know people who enjoyed the movie um, yeah. but so far I was like oh this has like a polar express sort of thing going it's on it's got the it, uncanny valley feeling to it yeah yeah uh mission impossible six starring your favorite your favorite movie star hard pass <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it was was ghost protocol number five was that was the most recent one uh you're asking the wrong person but sure no yes. i think i don't know i think there was one more after that because ghost wasn't the ghost protocol was the one where he walks down the building right he's hanging off the building or no ghost protocol which was the one where he's hanging off the, the big green plane at the beginning that was the last one let me yeah ghost protocol oh, was okay. oh rogue nation was the most recent one rogue, oh, rogue yeah, nation that's... okay okay yeah. rogue nation yeah. ghost protocol three two one i loved my mission impossible when i was a kid and, and i, I like the fact that they're doing the movies i really like the um the theme song by adam clayton and um what's his larry mullen jr um but yeah for me this is either watch it on a blu-ray or on an air- airplane that i can't get off of you know? <laughs> so, yeah I, i'm that's that i do like i do like i don't i don't dislike tom cruise but uh yeah no i i'm not so sure about this he's not a character but I, i'll wait yeah. uh the predator the reboot of the predator franchise uh august the third so this is the predator that we know of and love this is a like a redo they what are they getting a younger arnold schwarzenegger to go after some i thought you were gonna predator. say a younger predator because that would be awesome you need to cast <laughs> a younger predator frankly uh, the other predator was getting a little long in the tooth oh he'll be cgi now for sure well right? and, and then yeah. the the, the 
invisible fi- uh, uh, effect will be different, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I don't know. So appar- no, I, apparently I, I, this one is supposed to, it's set to take place between Predator 2 and Predators, which was the third film. Right. That's the one they go to the Mysterious Island or whatever, they get transported or whatever, the criminals. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Brody and all yep. that. Um, yeah. And it's going to be uh, directed by Shane Black, who I'm a fan of, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Um, Shane Black, of course, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Nice Guys, um, Iron Man 3. Um, okay. I like his work a lot. I really enjoy his filmmaking. That's the only thing that's kind of luring me towards this. I'm not a huge Predator fan, um, but I do enjoy his pictures. I think this one's probably a digital watch for me. Yeah. I saw the Alien vs. Predators in the theater, so that blowed up good. Uh, apparently, there are no genre pictures in September so far, although Cloverfield, <laughs> this could be your month. Um, yeah. Venom is coming October 5th. This is, uh, of course, the bad guy from the uh, or the anti-hero from the Spider-Man universe. Um, mm-hmm. So this is going to be done through Fox uh, and that is um, uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's going to be playing Venom. Oh, really? Huh. Like the actor mm. probably passed. I mean, um, the Fox stuff that we've seen with like, um, I don't know, their X-Men series and Deadpool, I feel like they're they're sort of pulling the plane upwards. They went through a real rough patch, actually with some Wolverine movies. Um, I, I feel like I'll need to see a, a trailer, but it's pretty borderline that I might see this one in, in theaters. Now, apparently they're going full R with it. They are going to do, they're going to continue their little streak of doing, you know, R-rated uh, superhero flicks. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do with that kind of character and that kind of, uh, with the gloves off a little bit. What makes an R-rated movie these days? I mean, when I was a kid, it was like, you know, you'd see a little bit of frontal nudity and somebody might might drop an F-bomb. Uh, so uh, in order to get an R, it's uh, graphic violence versus, mm-hmm. uh, so it's blood, basically. Blood versus, you could shoot somebody, but you can't show blood unless it's an R movie or graphic mm-hmm. blood anyways. Um, right. It's graphic profanity. It's nudity. Um, yeah. yeah th- those are sort of the, the defining characteristics of those. Okay. And, and, and uh, like, like the gore, horror, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Girl in the Spider's Web, they're bringing back um, uh, the uh, Millennium series in a new form, new actors, new... So what, what do you mean the Millennium series? Uh, the girl in the spider's web. The oh, girl. new new repose stuff. And, yeah, but not not. Yeah, they're they're gonna do a new um like the North American version, like with Daniel Craig and um. But they're not bringing anybody back, right? So it's not the same girl playing the girl in the spider web. No, nope. same sort of same character. Yeah, so it's the girl with the dragon tattoo. It's the Stieg Larsson books. Yeah. Um, but this they they continued the series after he uh passed away. They licensed right. those books to um. Swedish author David Lagerkrantz, uh, and so he's done a couple of books since he did the Girl in the Spider's Web, Girl in the Spider's Web, and the Girl Who Takes an Eye for an Eye. Um, so mm-hmm. they're continuing that into this now, doing that expanded world. So now they're doing film versions of those versions of those. Right. Well, they, did, they didn't do the trilogy in the North American version, though, right? Nope. They just did the the um, yeah, Girl with the Dragon the, Tattoo, which right. I thought they did. Uh, I mean, I think it was David Fincher, and I thought that was great. I mean, I loved the the Swedish. It version, was a good version. Yeah. Swedish Sure. versions are amazing if anybody hasn't watched those they are totally worth a watch i know not everybody thinks the subtitles um and they are very long they were actually um yeah. uh all together i think they were like you know seven or eight hours for the whole series but they're great yeah the first one's fantastic for sure yeah i mean the first one's just the best story it's the best story for the you know obviously the american version as well um but it, it really does actually round out pretty decently too um mm-hmm. and uh, as you say nomi rapache is really good too um in that role in the 
the Swedish ones. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious to see where they were, you know, how that goes. I haven't seen obviously the trailers or anything. It's still a bit of a ways away, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm keen to see how they bring this back. Cause I really did enjoy those books. I really enjoyed all the film versions they've done so far. So I'm kind of curious to see what, how the tone is, how they bring that world back and reboot it. Although I'm a little disappointed that they didn't bring back, uh, Daniel Craig and, uh, mm-hmm. that whole world. Cause that girl, that girl who has a name. That girl. Just got an M and Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara, yeah. yeah. She's the sister of another Mara. Kate Mara, yeah. Um, and Rooney was nominated for an Oscar for that picture, too. So, I mean, again, it's it's a strange thing to, that they're going to go back and, and start mm-hmm. over. But, uh, you know, who knows how these things work. Yeah. Um, X-Men Dark Phoenix, November 2nd. Right. Is, is this the, um, uh, what's his name? The younger version of the guy? Obviously not uh, Patrick Stewart. And... No, this is, I think this is back to being McAvoy and... Um, McAvoy, yeah. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yep. And the other guy. Yep. The, the, Michael Fassbender. I was going to say you. Steve Jobs because it was the first thing that came to <laughs> Oh my God, we got more movies to go through here. We got, so we get, it's 10 after 10 now. We want to try and get to either through these and the Spockies or just through these. All right. Well, we'll power through. We've got five more. Uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, November 16th. Hmm. So I think that, I think I saw that on the plane as well. So we're going to probably do that again. Probably rent for me. Um, yeah. Because I did see Fantastic Beasts yep. relatively recently. Yep. I think okay. that's a rent. Uh, mm-hmm. Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It Ralph 2, November 21st. <laughs> I got to admit, I really dug the first one. I thought it was really enjoyable. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's a movie going experience for me, but I, I, it's tempting. I'll, I'll, I will definitely keep that one in mind. Mm-hmm. It definitely gets bonus points for being in that holiday season where I'm like, yeah, why not? Things yep. are kind of slowing down at work or maybe I'm on vacation or something and want to go do something. I think it feels like a good one because I also enjoyed the first film. Yep. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We talked about this one December 14th. Uh, animated picture by Sony Pictures. Uh, Miles Morales as Spider-Man. I think it looks good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted. I haven't seen a trailer yet, but yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I'm less familiar with the Miles Morales uh, character. I'm definitely a fan of Spider-Man. I might see it in theater, but probably not day one or first week. Yep. But Miles is the new is the new guy in the new Spider-Man suit, right? Yep. Yeah, the young kid. Okay. Yep. Uh, Bumblebee, a Transformers movie, <laughs> December 21st. Pass. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure that Transformers, um, the, the Dark Knight, I can't remember what the actual title The is. Last Night, I think it was, or something? The Last Night. <laughs> I thought for sure that was going to get my uh, popcorn uh, theater money, and it didn't. I think it's the only one out of the, like, seven, however many they've had, that didn't. And if There's that's been the case... seven? No, I think that was I think that was five. I think that was part five. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty I think oh, Bumblebee yeah. is going to be part six, but uh, yeah. Bumblebee seems like a really tough one. I, Maybe if they take it in a different direction, and um, if I see a really good trailer, I think, holy smokes, this, this wipes away the sins of the fairly recent past. Um, otherwise, I think it would probably be a pass on that one. Yeah, I'm, I must admit, I'm not a, I am not have not enjoyed many of those movies. Um, I, I think, um, uh, I want to say Haley Steinfeld. Somebody's in that that looks good. I'm trying to remember who. Oh, yeah, it's Haley Steinfeld is going to be in that. She's the lead. Uh, and John Cena. Um, I like Haley Steinfeld. I think she's really enjoyable. I, I liked her in, um, uh, oh, what was that movie she did? last year that was fantastic uh, edge of 17 the edge of 17 um, was really a really enjoyable flick so i she's the only thing that's tempting me to go see that but i i, I have a tough time uh, and our last movie of the year uh aquaman december 21st yeah not so sure mm. i love to see a movie trailer because i i watched uh, justice league again uh, this time uh, with family and it still held up enough i still think it's a, a watchable movie 
and I liked the Aquaman character a little bit better this time around. So I don't know, maybe maybe I've taken a liking to the the potential there, even though I did see a ton out of Justice League for his character. Yeah, I thought he was one of the most enjoyable parts of that flick, and and I really like him. I thought he's uh, you know he he has that sort of humor. He's got a, a, a that same thing that Hemsworth had in the last Thor movie. I think he could be a good mix of tough plus action plus funny. So I'm I'm intrigued. I think that one's probably on my radar to see in the theater. So yeah, big year for movies in the theater and uh i think you know we, we all ended up with a good dozen movies that we're thinking pretty hard about seeing in the theater so it'll be yeah, interesting to see yeah. if we revisit this next year what we actually make the time for and what we don't right right oh show all right so are we ready for the spockies or are we going to hold that one for another yeah well let's whip through we got 15 minutes roughly so 15 minutes all right 15 minutes. who's going to be the host of the 2017 spocky awards oh i don't know uh we can just sort of dive through um these i, I do we do we need to list off the list them off real quick? I don't think we'll, I don't think we need to list the runners up. I think we'll just listen the ones that are nominated that actually got okay. votes, and we'll okay. Go from there. All right, yeah. all right. So the ones that got votes for best picture are Logan, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and Wonder Woman. And uh, so um, Jaime and Jonathan's friend Tim Miller both picked Logan. So Jaime, why Logan as opposed to Blade Runner? Well, I've not seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like man. like many in the the Academy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is why they send the movie screeners out uh, for the, oh, the Academy. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I've and even then, they still run into trouble where, like, what's everybody voting for? All right, I'm, <laughs> let's go vote for that one because I didn't see anything personally. Uh, in this case, uh, Logan, I okay, thought... Okay, so why Logan versus Star Wars The Last Jedi then? So I think Star Wars The Last Jedi, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll probably watch it you know, over my lifetime way more times than I'm ever going to watch Logan. Um, yeah. I think I said before that it's, it's messy, but it's not a mess. Whereas Logan, I feel, is pretty crisp, sort of top to bottom. It's a, a, mm-hmm. a good send off for a few characters and or actors and it it could play just as well as a sort of western film or any other kind of uh, sort of directorial style genre and it would still fit just as well because it's not really a quote-unquote superhero film it stands alone very very well um and yet is still enhanced by you understanding more about the character and how he got to this point right right okay all right well and so blade runner 2049 for myself and uh, xavier and for jonathan um yeah i think we just we waited so long for this movie and uh and it kind of hit most of if not all of the marks that we were looking for in a a movie i saw it twice in the theater so i you know pre-ordered the um the blu-ray so i'll have it when it comes out so full price (laughs) yeah yeah i think Uh, i think it hits the marks for not only is it a good uh sequel to that world and continuing it but i think it it works as a picture i know a lot of people slammed it for being too long and too slow and there was you know then there's some some certainly some nits to pick with it but you know i I really like Denny Villeneuve as a filmmaker and I really like the pacing and I really like that he immersed in that universe. I like that he took his time. He let the actors act. He let the people, you know, build up. I, I just think it was a fantastic movie and you can't always say that about the genre pictures. I thought Logan was a great movie. I think as a movie it worked whether you knew that universe or not. I think Blade Runner was the same thing. You know, some of these things are just great popcorn movies. I like Thor. Uh, Thor. I like Spider-Man. I like Star Wars. Guardians of the Galaxy was fantastic. There's lots of great movies this year that you know you just sit there enjoy the film and have a bag of popcorn but as you know movies that i would elevate to that next level i think blade runner and logan were the standouts and blade runner just just edged it out for me yeah i mean i've i've seen the original blade runner 
umpteen times and I've seen uh, all of the Star Wars umpteen times. Um, I will watch The Last Jedi. I had I list, made a list of honorable mentions as well, as you guys know. And The Last Jedi was was clearly my second pick of, of a movie if I had to pick two. Um, but yeah, if I had to pick between the two of them, I would definitely think 2049 uh, would, would be something I would watch over and over and over again and, and you know, catch new things every time I watch that kind of new, new nuances and stuff like that. So I like the environment. I like the music. I like, you know, I, I like the music in the original better than this one. But but I think, yeah, it'll be something I'll watch the rest of my days. Yep. Best TV show. Best TV show. This is a tough one. Um, well, I mean, it, it, it's a tough one in that there are a lot of good TV shows, but there's one that I think, you know, just about everybody kind of thinks is a great TV show. Um, we have the, the ones that got nominated are The Good Place for, again, by Xavier and Jonathan. John said you mentioned you watched that with uh, Xavier. Yep. And um, Rick and Morty was a clear winner for, you know, Tammy, myself, and, and obviously Jaime as well. Uh, Mr. Robot got a nomination by uh, Tim Miller, and Blood Drive was a write-in by uh, Jamie Craig. I haven't watched Blood, Blood Drive. I, I've seen the trailers a number of times, and I watch shows that, that butt up against that one, but I've never actually managed to get through a whole episode. But yeah, Rick and Morty is just like, Rick and Morty's off the hook. I mean, it's it's the, for me, like, I don't, I, I, I watch The Simpsons when it's on. I don't go out of my way to watch The Simpsons. You know, um, same with Family Guy. I watch them when they're on. If I, you know, if I'm just flipping by the channel or whatever, I don't tune in for them when they're when they're live or don't PBL them. But Rick and Morty is, you know, I've heard people talking about it and I just love it. It's a great, great show. Um, and so just be, before we move on and hear what Jaime has to say about that, I just, I'm curious about The Good Place, Jonathan. I watched an episode. Yeah. And, um, you know, why why is that such a cool, or TV show? Um, yeah, as a show, I, I, it, I think it's just, it really goes places that you do not expect, especially a network television show to go. It's about yeah. death. It's about the afterlife it's about theology it's about uh ethics it's about you know uh, metaphysical you know being it's it goes to all these really interesting places and on top of all that it is laugh out loud funny uh right and she's and she's a and she's um an imposter or she's like uh impersonating somebody yeah so the the the, the clerical error or something like that right the the first episode of the show the pilot of the show the principle is that uh kristen bell plays uh eleanor shellstrop she is she wakes up in in the good place, which is basically a stand-in for heaven, she wakes up in this place uh, and shown around and showed as this utopia where she is going to meet, meet her perfect match, and she's in this idyllic place. And then we find out that she's actually there by accident, and that she's actually a terrible person. And so it's about her sort of trying to figure out how she's going to fit in in this place full of wonderful people when she's clearly not. Um, and it starts off with that, and then it really fleshes itself out over the first season, and. Uh, uh, not to spoil too much, but there are some great twists along the way. Um, and then it's led into um, a really satisfying second season, which we are just about to start uh, the second mm. half of season two uh, tomorrow night as we're taping this. Um, and it's just it's it's just a wonderful ensemble cast to dance in Kristen Bell. Um, there are so many great actors. They uh, Jamila Jamil. There, there's so many good performances. It is just subversive and funny and smart. Smart. Uh, it's co-created by Michael Schur, who did Parks and Rec and did uh, co-created Brooklyn Nine Nine. So somebody who really understands how to get the most out of it. And it's a, it's a 22 minute show. It's a it's a sitcom uh, style show, but it's so much more than that. I, it's binge worthy too, right? It is very much. It's on Netflix. I think pretty much across the board now. Um, mm. If you happen to be a listener in the UK, I know they're showing season two on Netflix there um, as well. Um, it is in, supremely enjoyable. Very digestible. Very 
very funny, very smart. It is in that sort of sci-fi genre era, but it is, again, just laugh out loud funny. Again, I loved the season of Rick and Morty. I don't think it was as strong as season two. I do think it right. was really great. Um, I, 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 am I, I am a day one digital subscriber to Rick and Morty whenever it comes out. I love yeah. it. Um, but the good place is appointment television for me. I will actually sit down when that shows on like a sporting event and watch it, uh, which is something I will not say for many shows anymore. Behind me last week, Tammy Nice um, gave our little a, a little bit of her spiel on Rick and Morty. What does Rick and Morty mean to you? It's one of those shows that uh, on the covers sort of looks like it's for kids, but it's definitely not. Um, it's definitely yeah. a very crude show, and I I think when it comes out live, it's on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim block, so it's definitely meant for a mature audience. But they play with the tropes that you would normally see in like sci-fi and animated sort of uh, movies and films and books and, and so forth. And it, I thought I would get bored with it, you know, because I, I enjoyed the first two seasons. I thought, okay, well, where can they really go with this? And then they pull out an episode like Pickle Rick, um, <laughs> which is like a huge meme online. And I think more people know about the Pickle Rick uh, than have actually watched the episode. But uh, the rest of the third season is actually surprisingly really, uh, really solid. And they're, they're not afraid to sort of mess around with the characters quite a bit. And there's enough of a, uh, like a story arc that's gone from way back through episode yep. one of the first season of like, oh, oh, holy smokes, there's like this bigger universe involved in this larger story that if they didn't plan it out, holy smokes, they're really adapting to the little, you know, uh, hooks that they gave themselves. Uh, and so that's why I still uh, thought it was the best one out of many good contenders for this year. All right. Um, so, yeah, best new TV show. Um, we've got the Star Trek Discovery, which is a, a good pick seeing as this is our, our <laughs> podcast started on. Um, the Punisher got a vote for, from Tim Miller again, and Jonathan and I both picked Happy. So um, since you're the only representative here for Discovery, Jaime, uh, Jaime and Xavier, of course, but Jaime, why why Discovery? What do you think? So I, I thought about the other shows on here, and granted, I've, I've not seen some of them. Like, I've not gotten around to The Punisher. I've not watched Happy, even though I've heard good things before and, and on this very show about it. Um, Discovery sort of gets the nod for me because, you know, when I compare it to, like, The Orville, which I also enjoy, so I'm mm-hmm. caveating it there. It feels like it's more even than The Orville is, where I had some Orville episodes I really liked. Some I was like, oh, you know, I could have done with that at the episode. Discovery, yeah. um, I think, benefits a lot from having its serialized nature. So I think it's a little bit more even. That's a cohesive story moving forward. And I'm very interested in the direction that they're taking with this series and that they're showing sort of the, the other, other side of things that we don't normally get in the pristine, clean world and, and right. maybe not even get in some of the darker episodes you would get out of Deep Space Nine. There's so, no um, dirt in Star Trek. Have you noticed that? Sorry? There doesn't seem to be any dirt in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> right. No grime, you know. So, Tim, why Happy? Well, Happy's just off the hook ridiculous. I think in a similar way, Rick and Morty uh, is, um, it's, you follow this, um, I don't know, drug-addled ex-cop private detective, I guess. Um, well, he's a, hit, he's he's a hitman. To, he's a hitman. He's looking for his daughter. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of shooting and killing and things like that. But uh, but it's the, I think Happy is the reason why. Uh, Happy is this ridiculous, you know, uh, 3G, 3D animated uh, unicorn, right? The little blue Flying unicorn? blue unicorn. So, yeah, that, that basically is um, uh, imaginary friend created by his daughter who's been kidnapped by a manic Santa Claus. And, and uh, the Happy's on his way uh, to try and uh, and rescue his daughter with sorry the character that what's the name of the detective again oh, our hero uh, oh it's, it's Chris Maloney's the actor I'm trying to remember what the yeah. guy's name is and he's from like you know uh, upstanding isn't he from uh, um, all those uh, Law and Order, Law and Order Chris, yeah, Law and like Order. Law and Order yeah. True Blood Oz 
uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a very well-established, serious, serious yeah. um, talented, very talented actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here he's, you know, in a dressing gown, I believe, or something like that. <laughs> well, for a good portion of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or he's a hospital gown, I should say, because he was, you know, in the hospital and drug-addled. And, yeah. yeah. But you're not sure if he's hallucinating or whatever, but this, this he's happy in him or, or happily going off and funny. And happy is Peyton Oswald as well, too. That's the other, yeah. other thing that's really funny about it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you think? What do you think, Happy, Jonathan? Uh, yeah, so the character's name is Nick Sachs. I just looked it up. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's, uh, I read the book uh, when it came out. I read the issues when they came out. I read the graphic novel when they released it in that form as well. Um, I love Grant Morrison. He's one of my all-time favorite writers. Uh, and for people who are comic book fans, um, he has been one of the most influential writers of the last 25 years. Um, this is strangely the first thing that he's ever done that's been adapted, which is almost mind-boggling because he is so uh, prodigious. He produces so much content and it's so good. Um, and this book of all things seems like the most unlikely thing that they could pick up from his catalog to do. It's so off the wall. It's so trippy. And they nailed it. It is exactly... Or it's actually even better than I thought it could be. I love Patton Oswalt as the 3D animated uh, flying unicorn happy. I think Chris Maloney is fantastic. I think the supporting cast is crushing it. Um, even the guy they got playing the evil Santa Claus is fantastic. Um, it's just this perfect melding of dark comedy um, and just over the top, you know, violence and silliness. Um, it, it's just so fresh and so far out there. I I just love it. I think it's so much fun. I I really I, this category was a tough one for me. I really loved. Um, I like I like Discovery a lot. I really loved Legion. That was a, that was going to be my big sleeper. I loved Legion. It's been a long time since uh, it was last February that it aired. Um, and I really am enjoying Runaways as well. But Happy, really, I just just finally caught up with it uh, over the holidays, and I was blown away by how much fun it is. And I cannot wait. It's a short run season. They're only doing eight episodes. The first four are available now uh, through Sci Fi in the states, and um, I guess it's on Showcase here. Um, and it's great. It's just so much so much fun. Highly recommend it not for the faint of heart definitely mature audiences um you mm -hmm. know it there's a lot of blood there's a lot of gore there's a lot of swearing there's a lot of drugs there's a lot of violence um all the funnier for having a flying blue unicorn horse in it but it, it's such a great series i highly recommend it yeah. it's also a good show to have on while you're coding i find as a developer I, like sometimes i'll have tv on just to keep me company and nice to be able to stop and go back and watch a scene if it's if it's funny off the hook right yep. um i did want to mention my honorable mention for new tv show is young sheldon i'm really enjoying that the, the kid who plays sheldon is is uh, pretty good and the sort of backstory behind how sheldon got to where where he is is great um and my other honorable mention for best tv show is travelers is a tv show that i go out of my way to watch as well and it's uh in its second season i think mm -hmm. um so moving on to best actor we had patrick stewart was nominated for his performance in logan by tammy and tim miller again um tom howland was nominated by by uh jaime for spider-man homecoming so that's not the same Spider Guy. Hmm. Did we mention somebody else was playing Spider Man in another movie? Uh, well, um, Tom Holland's the one who plays him most recently. Okay. Um, but what were you talking about? In we were just talking about another. Oh, Miles uh, Morales Spider is the uh, the character in the in the cartoons. In the oh oh comics. okay right okay yeah. I follow you I follow you okay oh that's not that's an animated one that's not a that's animated yeah uh, the, oh okay the one that's coming out Spider Verse that's coming out next year yeah right okay okay not to be confused with Spider Man okay uh, um, uh, Xavier chose Chris Helmsworth from Thor Ragnarok. 
work. Um, and so, Jonathan, you chose uh, Andy Circus for the War of Planet of the Apes, and we talked about that in the pre-show, but you can say again why you thought he was good. Yeah, um, I I just finally, again, it's another picture I just caught up with over the holidays, so maybe I'm just picking things that are freshest in my mind. I must say I will throw my vote in as well. Uh, honorable mention for Patrick Stewart. I thought he was amazing in his role in Logan. Uh, yeah. Really, really, uh, a really heart-tugging performance. Um, kind of a King Lear performance. It yeah. was, it was. I mean, you really saw the, his qualifications as, you know, not just a, a genre actor, but a really excellent actor. Um, but Andy Serkis, you know, he, he obviously, we know him for playing Gollum in the Lord of the Rings films. We saw him, you know, he's played a lot of digital characters. Um, I have enjoyed the other, um, the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the ones they've done. But his performance in this picture, and I think it's a, a credit to both his performance and also how far they've come with the technology, as Jaime was talking about um, for Cars 3, um, the way that he moves, the way that he emotes with his body, the way that he moves his face, his head, um, it is actually spellbinding at times. You really do forget that you're looking at a CGI character and you really do start feeling this connection to these characters. And uh, his performance was just transformative. It was really, you know, again, you, you at times forget you're looking at, you know, cartoon characters. It's it's so well done. And I, again, I, I thought there was lots of great performances this year, but that one broke through for me as something that was just, uh, you know, next level. So, Jaime, what about Tom Holland as Spider-Man? I think this one stuck out to me because I liked him as both Spider-Man and as Peter Parker. As the kid, yeah. By, yeah. by contrast, I liked Tommy McGuire as Peter Parker and not so much as Spider-Man. And I liked Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man and not so much as Peter Parker, whereas right. with Tom Holland, I didn't feel like either half of the personality was weak. I thought they were both uh, pretty good. Oh, all right. Um, I, I mentioned last week James McAvoy and Split was was awesome, which is why he was sort of a write-in for me at the last minute. All right, so moving on, because we got running out of time here, is Best Actress is... Um, I got to abstain from this one because I don't see... I don't think... I mean, I've seen Daisy Ridley in, in Star Wars, obviously, and I've seen the character, the girl got Daphne Keene in, in Logan. Um, and, of course, I've seen Anna de Armas in uh, Blade Runner, but I haven't seen Wonder Woman, so which is why I'm abstaining from this vote. So you guys pretty much all... Well, Jonathan, you chose um, Daphne Keene from Logan, and Jaime, you chose Gal Gadot from... Um, sorry, Gal Gadot from Wonder Woman. So have at you. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a duel now. Go for it. Jonathan, why don't you go first with um, with Daphne Keene, which, which is kind of interesting because I chose Logan as the my best picture. Yeah. Um, again, it was, it was an interesting performance because, um, you know, and again, we'll get into spoilers. I'll throw spoilers out there just in case anybody hasn't seen it yet. But um, Daphne plays... Uh, the little girl that accompanies Logan on his adventure during this picture and they play her as mute for a good portion of the mm -hmm. film. So she's doing a lot of acting with her face, with her body um, and she's uh, she's playing a character who is uh, you know, we'll, we'll say unbalanced. She's, she's you know, she's feral. She's, you know, she's a very um, disturbed little girl and has a lot going on under the surface and I thought this young actress plays so much with her eyes, with her with her face you don't really see that kind of intensity on a lot of young performers and i was really impressed with um how much she made me care about that character with so little to work with um and now obviously playing off of hugh jackman and patrick stewart will bring right. out the best in a lot of actors and actresses um because they really put on master classes in that picture um and it was obviously well done across the board but uh, i was really taken by her performances especially as a young actor i thought she really did an excellent job mm, okay i mean i ended up choosing Gal Gadot 
I'll admit, I thought this category was kind of weak. And I looked at the actress and I'm like, well, Gal Gadot, all right. Tessa Thompson, yeah, I liked her role. Um, Daisy Ridley, all right. She grew a little bit in, in The Last Jedi, but I, I feel like it wasn't as much uh, of a change as I, as I would have hoped for. Uh, Daphne King, I also agree, was, was a pretty good one. I think maybe I dock her some points because it's kind of a, a little bit smaller role than you know Hugh Jackman or in some cases even Patrick Stewart's where she's she's still kind of the MacGuffin that drives the movie. Mm. Um, but I think that with what she was given to work with, Gal Gadot did pretty well in Wonder Woman to sort of show how things got to sort of where they are and have her be uh, noticeably different, especially at the beginning of the film from where she is in um, uh, Batman versus Superman. But yet you can still kind of see how it got there. Uh, again, I have some quibbles with the way that sort of like latter third of that movie ends, but I, I don't think it was related to Gal Gadot's uh, performance as an actress. All right. Cool. Yeah. Hard to argue right. with that so, one. She was great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll load it to you. I'll load it to you, Tim. You'll love it. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm waiting for that. So I guess this is the, uh, this is the uh, end of the show. So, right. We, uh, we'll well, I'll throw in my here. one second pick. Here we go. Good All Place right. returns on Thursday night. You got to watch it. It's amazing. The Good Place. Okay. Right. Season two or season three? That's the second half of season two. So they're doing That's short it. seasons. Right. They're only doing, I think, 13 or 14 episodes. So I think they've got four, five or six episodes before uh, they're done for the year again. Uh, All right. Highly okay. recommend. Cool. All right. So, hey, Jaime, if people want to find you on interwebs, where would they look? I'm on Twitter as at the dev with a hair. And Jonathan, people want to find you? I'm on Twitter as at JPK News. And as well on Twitter, I am Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A, and that's how to find me. So until next week, we'll say adieu, or we'll see you in the future. <laughs> and up, up, and away. Up, up, and away. Up, up, and away. <laughs> to the bat, to the bat, to the bat, bat cave or Batmobile. What do they say in Batman? Tune in next week. Bat. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Same bat channel. Maybe. Depends <laughs> on the editing. <laughs> Bye. That concludes another episode of SpotCast, streamed to you via subspace signal. I'm friend of the show, Greg Keo, joining you from Sector 001. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the SpotCast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with your Star Trek nerd hosts on the website or follow them on Twitter. They're at SpotCast. If you have feedback or questions, send them a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending it to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount of gold press latinum at patreon.com slash spotcast. You can find details on how to help them out on the website, spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future. Wishing you peace and long life. When we do, when we know we're going to do like anonymous things, we'll just set up as a, as a like a Google form and then yeah. collect votes. But there wasn't enough time. Yeah, we'll do that next year. Wasn't enough time. People just don't care. People just aren't going to stand for it. The um, yeah, Patrick Stewart was a close one for me on that one too. I really liked his performance there. But um, yeah, but I mean, well, you know, in terms of movies, it's a great movie, right? Yeah, so. no, it's a great movie. Again, I was just, I was really impressed. I I watched all of those new ape movies, but uh, I just watched the other one the other day, and maybe because it's freshest. But I thought yeah. Circus did an amazing. 
amazing job. Like so, really, yeah. considering okay. it was all CGI and everything else, like it was really it re- he really really caught the magic in the bottle in that. One. Yeah, I think I think it, I don't I don't know if people really know that, but but you know the motion capture like the actual movements of the characters is, is usually a person, right? So yeah, and he just did like it, it was. There are times where it is his performance, his movements, his just his body yeah. language is so evocative that you just completely get lost in the fact that this is a CGI character. Like it's yeah, really hmm. so well done. Like he does such an amazing performance with his body that yeah. I just couldn't I couldn't pass it up. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I was playing um, Tomb Raider: The Rise of the Tomb Raider this week because um, I got, finally got a copy of it on disc. And um, yeah, it's amazing like how far CGI has come. I mean, like I've been playing it for twenty years, right? So mm-hmm. I was trying to explain to the two boys that uh, back in the day it was like a three by three foot block, and you just jump from one block to the next. And now it's like everything. It's same. I think the distances are relatively the same, but they're all you know rendered in you know objects and sprite rendering has gotten so good. And the character, like you go for a cutscene freezes and and you're you're like it like used to be you'd watch cutscene and then you'd have this little stick figure you're playing with, right? Yeah. And now you're playing with someone whose hair waves in the wind and clothes get wet and yeah, you know, and it's very very and the movements are very realistic, right? So yeah, the latest uh, not the latest, but I guess uh, the the last full Uncharted game, Uncharted Four. Mm-hmm. Um, the the distinctions between the cutscenes and the action scenes where you're playing are so smooth that you kind of yeah, get yeah. like you feel like you're just playing a film at a point. It's just it's so well done. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.